IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. This is episode 529 for February 1st. Yes, 2022 is already one twelfth over with. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by the usual crew. Miranda Sanchez, hello. Hello, happy February. Stella Chung, how are you? I'm good. I just got off like a six-hour Halo cast last night, so I'm exhausted, but I'm here. <laughs> good. That's that's what we want. We want you playing more Halo. Excellent. Destin <laughs> Legary, how are you? Bam. Hey, everybody. Slow news uh, day, huh, Ryan? What's slow news day? Yeah. yeah. Hey, always. Yeah. In the games industry, always <laughs> in 2022. Yeah, I did the math, uh, quick math. I mean, it's uh, not that hard. Even I passed that, having gone to journalism school. But... $85 billion worth of acquisitions have happened in the first month of 2022. And you you know the first two, Zynga from uh, Take-Two, picking them up. And of course, Microsoft buying Activision for $69 billion and change. Nice. But there's another big acquisition. And this one uh, did not go to Xbox but it definitely is one that will uh, ins- that will stir up some feelings for Xbox fans, because Destin, you know what? I'm just going to go to you because you, while I uh, am extraordinarily well versed in the studio's <laughs> back catalog, you've been playing their big game for the last oh what eight years at this point. So take it away, Destin. What what happened this week? Yeah, so Sony has purchased Bungie in a really, really interesting deal for $3.6 billion. Uh, Bungie games are going to continue to release on everything, including competing platforms. Uh, Bungie will remain independent, but Sony seems truly interested in their ability to make games like Destiny that release cross-platform. And this is a really, really interesting and exciting development on Sony's side, for for me anyway, because of how they're handling this acquisition and what it means for their strategies going forward. I'm really excited to talk about it with y'all on Unlock today. Yeah, and this, this represents um, quite a pivot for Sony in a number of ways. Uh, I think very much indicative of their future, present and future strategy rather than their past strategy, where in the past, I mean, every time Xbox has made an acquisition, and there have been a number of those times over the last few years, the the discourse has been, well, if Sony had bought them, there'd be no question that their stuff would be exclusive. And uh, Miranda, now here we are, (laughs) Sony has made a massive acquisition, $3.6 billion for one studio, uh, a a very much a a top shelf studio. And the messaging very clear from the start, there will not be exclusivity to Sony platforms here. 
Right. And I think that makes a lot of sense with Destiny because it's the same thing with uh, Mojang and Minecraft, right? Like this is an established game that's on multiple platforms. People have invested a lot of money in this. So you can't just say, all right, we bought this up and now we're going to put it all only on our platforms because that would, one, kill the player base, uh, two, not help Bungie in any way, and three, uh, just be massively unfair and very anti-consumer and in a way that would put Sony in just the worst light. Uh, so instead, keeping them multi-platform is just what makes sense. Um, we know that Bungie is working on other projects. I'm curious if but it wasn't clear to me whether they're saying like, okay, we're staying multi-platform, but they, does they, that apply to the other ones as well? It, it does. does. Okay. Yeah, it does, Miranda. Bungie and Sony confirm that Destiny and future games developed okay. by Bungie will remain multi-platform. And okay. I have to wonder, maybe you have some insight on this. Like, do you think this is partially due to Bungie's desire to start making movies and television shows? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I don't think them being not multi-platform would prevent that from being potentially successful. I mean, you can see, obviously, we're about to get a big uh, Halo show, so that's not multi-platform, and it's probably going to do just fine. Like, you look at Pokemon, and that's been a long-running series, and that's exclusive to Nintendo. I don't think um, them trying to make a good show is limited to the platforms they're on, but that's that's a separate deal together if whether or not you can accomplish that basically the best video game show or movie or anything that's out there right now is arcane and i don't think anything's ever going to top that um anyway <laughs> that that's all aside um i'm well one thank you for clarifying that because I, I looked a few times i was like heard a few different descending things of like is this actually applying to other things beyond destiny and i'm glad and i wonder if that means that they are going to try to keep, continue doing other service games and that's what you know maybe sony is interested in saying like, okay well destiny's almost gone for 10 years what happens when you do something new i think i think especially because you have so many more competitors in this space doing different kinds of service games um, especially free-to-play games, like the one that I always go to because it's my new love, is Genshin Impact, which is technically a single-player experience, but you can do co-op, you can get your friends involved, um, but it's all free-to-play, and, and the way they support that game is really interesting in comparison to a lot of, I think, the other living service games. It's not about PvP, it's all PV, it's all about their story, it's all about their characters, and I think they've really found such a great way to make that work. And so I'm kind of curious to see if we ever see other studios over here kind of try to do that a little bit more as well. Yeah, Miranda, I had the exact same reaction you did. Even after they came out and said, our stuff's going to stay multi-platform, yeah. my brain went right to, well, sure, Destiny will, but yeah. the next thing, there's no way. And then sure enough, in Bungie's FAQ that they posted uh, that same day as the acquisition, mm -hmm. they said, oh, future stuff as well. Stella, I mean, you play a lot of service games. You play a lot of multiplayer games. Uh, what is your reaction to this this big purchase here by Sony? Uh, I mean, so I like I really liked Destiny One and Two uh, for a while, but then I kind of fell off it. Sorry, Dustin. <laughs> um, well, yeah. Everybody thinks I'm going to take that personally. <laughs> like, like I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting. I, I do feel like uh, Destiny definitely had a very big community that was on PlayStation. Um, when it wasn't on PC, it was definitely PlayStation because a lot of my friends uh, played Destiny 1 on the PS4 and, and such. So I feel like it's not that surprising of an acquisition, but at the same time, 
uh, Destiny has been kind of having content drought. So I'm hoping that this just kind of spurs Bungie into making more. Uh, maybe they can consult with Sony and be like, hey, what do you think we need to do? Or like, what do you think people want right now? What is in the market? Um, but yeah, for future games, I mean, I can't even... I, I don't even know what they would do next. I, I would love to see a new title come out from them. That's not uh, anything revolving around Destiny, but... I don't know. This is an interesting acquisition. I feel like it kind of makes sense for uh, Destiny at least. But yeah, for future titles, I'm not entirely sure what to expect. Yeah, it's, it's you know, Sony has been a studio that has made its name on deep narrative single player games. Uh, whereas, you know, they really haven't had a big multiplayer uh like mega franchise for lack of a better term. And, yeah. and this certainly positions them uh, to, for, for not just whatever Bungie's doing, but Destin, I think, you know, a big part of this as well is, is Sony says they wants to, they, they want to learn from and, and adapt uh, Bungie's technology to, to other live service game projects and help them sort of branch out beyond just that single player narrative genre that they've, they've done such a great job with. Yeah, uh, some people have, uh, for some reason, criticized Sony for doing these amazing single-player experiences, and apparently Sony is taking that criticism to heart and saying, well, how can we offer a more robust catalog of games for our audience, including these massive live service games? And I have to, I'm really curious what they're going to do with this technology that Bungie has created. I don't think anybody has done a game like Destiny tremendously well maybe warframe on console but um you know bungie's done just an amazing job of keeping the game alive uh consistent it's constant it's been in the top 10 on steam every day wow. since it launched basically like i looked i looked last night in the middle of the night and it was still number 10 with you know at least probably forty thousand people playing the game just on steam that's one of their their platforms so there's a lot to Think about here. So Bungie has been looking for a media partner to expand the Destiny universe into television and movies. That's sort of what I was trying to allude to before. Mm -hmm. And I have to I have to wonder if this partnership is going to help um, speed up that process. In the Bungie post, they did say, hey, the first immediate effect you're going to see is that this is going to allow us to hire a ton of more people. And they have like a yeah. hundred openings on their website. To help them, you know, achieve their goals of furthering their expansion into multimedia for the Destiny franchise, I believe. And then beyond that, I'm really curious what Sony is going to do with the technology. Like, there was rumors that there was going to be a Resistance game that was sort of uh, open world like Destiny, I believe. That was uh, reported a while back, if I remember correctly. And... While Bungie games might remain cross-platform, what does it mean for the other franchises in the Sony library? And what are they going to do with that tech? There's something else at play here that I don't think people are seeing. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think uh, you make a good point about the, the multimedia side. I mean, there's no, or the transmedia side, I guess would be a better <laughs> term for it. There's no, there's, there's not, nothing stopping Bungie from having done a deal with like Amazon, the way that, you know, we've got a Fallout TV show coming from Amazon or or, or any number of other streamers or, or studios. But yes, PlayStation definitely does have that whole arm uh, spinning up and, and doing some big projects. And What's what's just really interesting about this acquisition for Xbox fans, which obviously we're we're hosting an Xbox show, is 
I mean, Miranda is is anything going to change for Xbox fans with this Sony acquisition? It seems like maybe not. No, no. So far, they. I mean, if they're committed to multi-platform, then not really. I think it's just it's just funny. <laughs> Bungie has changed hands many times, and that's yeah. just an interesting part of it too. Because like you know, they bought themselves out from Activision. They're like, all right, we're gonna be by ourselves. We're gonna do our own thing. We're changing up how we're doing uh, microtransactions, our story stuff, and now they're like. <laughs> Uh, let's go back to let's go to Sony. Let's go to Sony. So I'm, I'm assuming they just needed maybe some more of that support infrastructure. And obviously, like you said, Dustin, them posting all those listings for jobs immediately is pretty telling of that, right? Like they do want to expand, they do want to keep doing more, um, and you need people to do that. So I guess getting teaming up with Sony is what's going to allow them to do it. That's, that works for me. Yeah, I mean, let's let's take a quick walk through what you just alluded to, which is <laughs> Bungie's fascinating history. I mean, they're they are like. They are like the the rare star player that has played for both the Yankees and the Red Sox, like both sides of the rivalry, which just you just don't see very often. Obviously, Bungie started as an independent studio out of Chicago. Uh, They were acquired by Microsoft, moved out to Seattle and uh, completed Halo at that point, which they had been working on. And Halo, we all know what happened with Halo and what it turned into. And then uh, they fiercely fought for their own independence from Microsoft, spun out. And of course, as part of that deal, Microsoft kept the Halo IP and and started 343 Industries. But Bungie got to uh, move forward independently, which they have done very, very well with with, uh, Destiny. And and Destin, what are they? uh, Last I I think I heard, are they 700-something employees or is it even more at this point? Oh, I, I don't even know. They are a huge, huge studio. Yeah, just a, a massive uh, AAA developer. I mean, yeah, it's uh, they're one of the bigger studios as far as I am generally aware. But so yeah, and then Miranda uh, mentioned the the Activision deal, which was not an ownership situation. They simply signed a a publishing mm-hmm. deal with Activision for Destiny, which uh, we have sort of since heard over the years that that didn't really go as as Bungie had hoped, and that relationship was was terminated early. And uh, then Destin, they had a, it was, was it NetEase, the, the uh, Chinese company yes. that, that yes. put a major investment into them for, uh, for just, I don't know if it was for the next project specifically or, or just in general. They're making something for NetEase and they also have another project in the works that they have sort of alluded to just on social media and such. So we know that there are at least two, if not three projects in the works at Bungie right now. And yeah, this whole thing is really, really interesting because it is the first time that, and you'll pardon me go on a little bit of a tangent here. Please. Um, Sony is very clearly saying we're changing our business strategy. We're not just doing things that are about the console. They've been very clear about their, I wouldn't say unhappiness, but their desire to sell more than to 20 million users. Right. They want to do PC games. They want to do apparently cross-platform games. And uh, also, this isn't the end of acquisitions. Sony was also very clear that this is going to continue. Microsoft has also said that this is likely going to continue. And I think we're going to see continued consolidation across the industry. And I'm one of the very few people who are actually excited about that because I think our industry is going to see a reset point 
where new third-party developers are going to spring up and have an opportunity uh, to to rise through the ranks. People like Devolver Digital, who are a great third-party publisher, allowing all these smaller games to shine. Yes. Well, all these other companies are going to sort of uh, see a little bit of consolidation. And I don't know, it, it's just a really exciting time, in my opinion, to see cross-platform games, to see people playing a little bit nicer within the industry. And I think gamers are going to benefit at the end of the day. So, sorry, real quick, if you don't mind me jumping in, Ryan. Um, one thing you said, Dustin, is that you, you're saying how Sony wants to play ball and do cross-platform. It felt like for so long, Nintendo and Microsoft were kind of dragging them through the mud to be like, hey, you want to want to do cross-platform? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> wanna do- no? Well, Minecraft, okay. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh. It, it really took so long, I think, for Sony to come around on that. So I think maybe this this being part of it, and I'm sure that that's no small part, probably because of Bungie, too. Like, they're not going to say, no, you can't not have class, cross-platform for this. Um, but it, it seems like it's really taken Sony a long time to sort of get on board with a lot of these sort of bigger trends in gaming that is more so about unifying spaces despite um, exclusivity or platforms. So I think that's that's really important to note that that is a change, and I'm curious to see how they'll continue doing that moving forward. I, I totally agree with you, Miranda. Jim Ryan's messaging on all the posts yesterday are night and day from what Sony has been saying for years. Yeah. First off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform company. That's his quote, mm-hmm. right? And for so long, it's about like, uh, you know, things only on the PS5 and console only and it's it's just such an interesting change in tone, and I it has me so excited for the future of games. And I think you're both really alluding to it here too, uh, with with regard to Sony's future and and really all of gaming's future. It's PC, you know. Microsoft embraced it. I mean, if you go back pretty far, like you know, you go back five, ten, even ten years, Microsoft had been saying. We're going to take PC seriously. We love PC. And it really was the boy who cried wolf. They they would consistently say <laughs> it, but never actually do it. And then they finally got serious about it uh, several years ago. And they have walked the walk on that. And now Xbox is PC. PC is Xbox. There's, there's just no line there. It is one ecosystem, regardless of whether you've got a mouse, keyboard, and monitor in front of you or a console and a television in front of you. And Sony has has really stayed focused on the more traditional console, like just stay, stay, you're going to use our box and that's it. Uh, and they have resisted PC, but we've even seen with them where they've started to port or allow ports of some of their big first party games well after the fact, not day and date. But even that seems Years. like it's starting to change, <laughs> Miranda. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, what I look forward to, too, um, I, I'm obviously very lucky to be able to have all the systems. And although I do like being able to play things on my PlayStation when I get when I get the chance to, sometimes I also want to play it on PC. And it's just a different experience, right? Uh, but granted, not everyone has the ability to have a high-end PC that's going to you know, do all the bells and whistles. So that's why we have consoles, too, right? Like, consoles are that gateway to have a unit that can play your games beautifully without having to worry about why is this piece not working? Why did this take five minutes to boot up? Like PC gaming is such a pain in the butt, but you know, 
But, you know, it's nice to have the option. And I think that's such a big part of it, too. And I mean, I think it does really well for Sony. Like if people haven't played Sony games or never had a Sony system and then they get to play their game on PC, you're like, oh, y'all weren't kidding about how good God of War is. And then you have somebody who's more interested in, in that game or series and they'll maybe invest in a Sony system or they'll just keep buying any Sony games that come out on PC. So it's just really about opening, I think, gateways to other people to your franchises. But I hope they keep doing it because I like it. It's uh, it's worth pointing out, and I don't want this to be interpreted as a, like a console fanboy comment, but <laughs> just just to kind of compare, like we, I, I did look, and I wasn't the only one. The uh, stock prices of Microsoft and other companies didn't move with with this, uh, perhaps because of the clear multi-platform commitment. Whereas we did see, we we reported it on IGN and as many others did, that Sony's stock uh, took a hit the, the day that the Microsoft Activision uh, announce, uh, acquisition announcement was made. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of interesting to see how different facets of the industry, whether it's, you know, customers, gamers, or whether it's investors, shareholders, uh, how everyone kind of reacts to all these moves as they continue to get made. Uh, Destin read the first part of Jim Ryan's statement on that, Jim Ryan being, of course, the head of PlayStation. He said, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. As such, we believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization, which we've heard Microsoft say that exact same thing, Phil, with regard to Activision and Bethesda, for that matter. Uh, And we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaboration between these two world-class groups. I've spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and the Bungie management team to develop the right relationships where they will be fully backed and supported by Sony Interactive Entertainment and enabled to do what they do best, build incredible worlds that captivate millions of people. And Bungie, as a team, saying uh, this statement, quote, we remain in charge of our destiny. I'm sure that word choice was very intentional. (laughs) We will continue to independently publish and creatively develop our games. We will continue to drive one unified Bungie community. Our games will continue to be where our community is, wherever they choose to play. Uh, Now, another part of this, to kind of turn this a little more seriously for a minute, um, and actually, I'll, I'll go to Stella here first because uh, I feel bad I haven't called on Stella much oh, so far this, this episode. <laughs> but, you know, Microsoft, as we talked extensively about just two shows ago, Microsoft inherits a very uh, difficult and toxic workplace culture situation with Activision Blizzard. And Sony inherits a very difficult and toxic work, workplace culture situation with Bungie. And, and Stella, I'm kind of curious, like it's... It is now like we need to hold these two major first party publishers very accountable for for walking the walk on making these these new companies that they've acquired better. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. I mean, especially when we heard that Xbox was acquiring Activision Blizzard, I'm pretty sure everyone was like, okay, well, what is going to happen with the uh, with the chair people? I mean, what what's, what's going to happen there? Uh, are we going to change things from the inside out or are things going to stay pretty much independent? And I mean, 
With what Jim Ryan said, he said that it's it's very independent, right? So I wonder how they're going to manage that exactly. Um, of course, they'll have open conversations, and I'm sure that they will have uh, the right communication. But it's like, wh- where is that going to go? How much of that is going to be um, also communicated with the uh, community? Because I feel like the community also deserves to have uh, clear translations of what's going on within the studio. Um so I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where like you think about it now and you're like, this is a lot for these companies to handle right now, especially with right off the backs of the acquisition. And of course, we're not going to see any like clear results right away. So it's just going to be like a wait and see and hold them accountable sort of situation. Um, so I, I, we can only just say what we're hoping, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen. So Miranda, your thoughts on on the you know these these workplace cultures that need to change for after these after these major industry acquisitions from Sony and Microsoft? Right, I think we we've talked at length about Microsoft, but with Sony, I think I'm just more curious to see what sort of involvement they have. It seems like very little, if anything, just based on Bungie's statement about being really independent and kind of having their own thing going but even if like they're creatively independent how does that change other things so i think it's again as stella said more of a wait and see of of their approach to how they integrate bungie into their infrastructure and destin you gotta figure that the clear line of independence that bungie is like they are putting up uh, uh maybe just a chain link fence maybe not a barbed wire fence between them and sony but you've got to figure that their their previous history of being owned by Microsoft and then later having this deal that didn't work out uh, like they'd hoped with Activision had to have influenced the terms of this deal and and the independence that they will maintain. For sure. It's a really, really interesting, interesting deal, to say the least. Uh, on the topic of the, the harassment and such that was revealed, the GamesIndustry.biz article actually did ask that question. And the quote was, uh, was this a point of concern during the acquisition? Uh, Jim Ryan said, this is an area that Sony takes incredibly seriously. We hold ourselves to extremely high standards throughout the organization and with the businesses that we partner. This is something that I've been incredibly sensitive to right from the start of the conversations. And I have been nothing but impressed and I have nothing but the highest praise for the way that Bungie organizes and conducts itself. There are a number of areas that Sony can learn from Bungie. Philanthropy is a cornerstone value. And I think that speaks to everything. And then they also referenced how they basically terminated a lot of the people who were named in those accusations and kind of uh, have been working to correct those issues. In the, uh, I should point out, the IGN report by our own Rebecca Valentine, a phenomenal piece of reporting. We're we're referenced in the game industry. Directly affected change (laughs) at Bungie, which, uh, which Rebecca should be very proud of to, to have uh, helped helped make hopefully a, a positive step forward for the culture at Bungie. So, um, you know, before we move on to, uh, I want to talk about the Halo TV series. We've got a release date. We've got a trailer. But I just kind of want to take a minute to look back because I wrote an editorial on this yesterday after the after this this news broke. I, you know, my initial reaction to Bun- to Sony acquires Bungie was, well, that's it for that's it for Bungie on Xbox. And then as it became clear that that actually wasn't the case, I still found myself kind of looking back, uh, just kind of with gratitude at the at what Bungie has meant to Xbox, even though thankfully it seems like we will continue to, to see Bungie games on Xbox. 
so I wrote a little piece about that on IGN, but kind of just want to go quick, quickly around the table. Uh, you know, what are your fondest memories of of Bungie's contribution to Xbox? And and Miranda, I'll start with you. <laughs> well, when you think about that, it's just like, well, thank you for Master Chief. Thank you for that first adventure that made me fall in love with first person shooters. Like honestly, um, Halo Combat Evolved means so much to me. And I have dragged so many of my friends who don't play first person shooters into Halo because of that, or like just into other things, just because it was such a game that you can just replay and really guide people through. So um, it also is like a really important moment for me and my dad. So it's just, it means a lot to me personally. So I'm glad to have had that experience. Cell, I know you're a little newer to Halo in general, but you've also spent a lot of time with Destiny. So curious to hear your thoughts here. Yeah, I think honestly, the first Destiny game, I met a lot of friends through that. I mean, through doing uh, dungeons or like, and I don't know, it was just really fun. Like it was just one of those times in my life where I think back to like, oh, I stayed up really like just running things with friends. Oh, and I got really uh, into PvP uh, in that game, which made me realize like, oh, yeah, I am competitive. So thank you to Bungie for that, uh, for feeding my competitive side. Um, But yeah, I I think that is my um, most fond memory. Uh, of Bungie, I guess, because like I, I really did meet so many nice and sweet people that I still talk to uh, to this day from playing Destiny One. So yeah. And Destin, I I know you've played a lot of Halo in your time. I don't want to discount that, but I I would venture to, a guess that you've probably spent more time uh, with Destiny at this point than than any of the Halo games. Probably at this point, yeah, because <laughs> of the nature of how Halo works, you know. But um. Halo 3 and the Halo franchise is why I'm in the industry today. I did a user movie for a contest with Halo 3's engine where you can actually create stuff. And I I won the GameTrailers.com contest, got a gift card, bought a camera with it, and I continued making content. So I've always been intertwined with Bungie's legacy games. And then, as many people know, I started Fireteam Chat and hosted that show for seven years. And I was able to bring on a ton of great guests and, you know, uh, bring people from the community forward. And the community was incredibly welcoming. There's been uh, talking about philanthropy, like the the Bungie Foundation, you know, doing charity work and the Guardian Con that, you know, the community actually started and raises a ton of money for charity. Um, so for me personally, it's it's sort of been this this journey over the last decade or longer watching Bungie grow and sort of my strangely my career uh keeping very close tabs on what they have done so this is a really interesting story Bungie continues to land an interesting deal that is unique and only a way Bungie I think could manage to to do it and I can't wait to see where they go from here yeah, and for me, I, you know, I'm not even sure that I would be here uh, without <laughs> Halo, in, just in the sense that, I mean, I, I wanted to work for a games magazine or, or a games website when I got out of college. I, I knew I was laser focused on that dream goal, but I mean, and I landed at official Xbox magazine, but the Xbox probably wouldn't have made it without Halo because they're just, that was the reason for those of you that weren't around at that time i mean that was the killer app that was you know you had the playstation 2 and you had the nintendo you had the n64 before the and then the gamecube came around and it, it was you know, here's microsoft trying to worm their way into the console space and it 
they Halo was the the thing that did it that that gave them that foothold and without it the Xbox might have just sputtered out and and failed and not survived for now 20 years so uh I am very grateful to to Bungie and to Halo uh and I'm really curious even though I don't play Destiny anymore I played one when it <clears throat> first came out and and two I ran the campaign when that came out but I haven't I haven't really stuck around for the long tail stuff but I, I'm excited to see what Bungie does next, and I'm glad it's still going to be available on Xbox, seemingly, uh, and available to play on friends on any platform. That's the best part, that cross-platform nature that they have committed to. So um, good stuff. I mean, congratulations to, to Bungie and, uh, you know, very, very forward-looking deal by Sony here. And, and as you guys said Neither company has said they're done. Uh, we, we will probably be talking about Microsoft buying somebody else next week. And maybe, and, and Sony, I'm sure, will be the Beyond crew, the podcast Beyond crew. We'll, uh, we'll be talking about the next acquisition before too long as well. Uh, next up, Halo, the TV series, Paramount+. Plus. We got a new trailer with the uh, NFL playoffs over the weekend, the AFC Championship game. That trailer debuted. It is, of course, now online. I trust by now you've all seen it. We have it here if you're watching on video with us on uh, youtube.com slash IGN Games. And we have a release date. And it is, it's not too far out, March 24th. This will be streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Let me go to Destin first. Your reaction to the trailer, Destin, there is a lot to chew on here. Yes. Uh, I have a very unpopular opinion about the trailer. Um so first of all, my first reaction was, so Steve Downs didn't do the voice of Master Chief. Right. But Jen Taylor did the voice of Cortana. And then my my take on the Cortana shot, the two-second shot of Cortana, was that I don't think that the post effects were finished on the shot. I think it still needs needed like lighting work or something. Because you mean because just, she's not blue? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't think the answer of make her bluer is the correct answer. Like the, the shot to me looks sort of flat. I love that Jen Taylor is the actress. I think she is a perfectly well, cast person. When you person. hear her, it's just yeah. like, for a Halo fan, that's when you get yeah. the goosebumps on your arms. Yeah, yeah. But when I look at the shot, I'm like, that's just a person. You know, it, it's not a program. And I'm curious what they're going to do about that. There's some light effects on her hair. I think they did something with her, her contacts and her effects on her eyes. But I, I am curious if we're seeing an unfinished uh, shot from the final show. Is. Yeah, there's the shot of, of Cortana there. And most people totally disagree with me, but that's that's my two cents on it. Stella, you you look, you look like you're chomping at the bit to jump in <laughs> on this. I mean, okay, here's the thing. Like, it could be a sonic situation, right, where they do listen to feedback and maybe they go back and finish some things. But I think we I think, are looking yeah. at a pretty almost finalized cut here. And I – look, I, I – I'm going to reserve judgment until I actually see it. Like this is this is how I am with things, right? Like I I have feelings of, about seeing trailers and such, but I always reserve judgment until I see the finished product. Um and I know that this is not supposed to be uh part of the current canon, which is right. fine. So they can do whatever they want with it, which is great, right? Um I think it looks fine. <laughs> I think there are certain scenes where it does look slightly like um 
like it's on a sci-fi budget. You know what I mean? Like that show. Sci-fi channel. Yeah. Yeah. There are a few scenes where I'm just like, okay, I feel like that could have been budgeted a little bit more, but I also understand that this is going to be like the first season. And I mean, first seasons of every show, like tend to have not as much uh, backing, but this is also Halo. So I go back and forth a lot. I think it looks fine for what it is, but I do think that there could have been a little bit extra flair added. Um, as for the Cortana shot, I think Cortana looks fine. Like, I know people are kind of upset that she's not blue, that she doesn't look more digitalized. But I'm like, honestly, with the way that they're presenting this show, with the way that the whole show looks, I think she fits. Um, but yeah, again, the thing that I keep coming back to, something about it just feels a little like, yeah, I don't know, CW budget-esque. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think, honestly, the setting looks great. I think it's fine. Um, the weapons, I know some people were mad about like the weaponry, and I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, they're still humans. It's okay. Like, whatever. That's not what I'm concerned with. Um, I guess even if even if the budgeting doesn't look great, I what I'm going to be most concerned with is the story because nothing turns me off more than like a really poorly written story. And I feel like I feel like Halo has always nailed the story, except for five, which everyone tells me is the worst one. So, um, yeah, as long as they nail it, I'm fine with with this, because then that means that if they if they bring a good story in, then we can get a season two that might be higher budget. And I'm fine with that. But that's currently where I'm at right now. <laughs> Miranda, how about you? I. Love the Covenant. I think they look great. That was probably really hard to do. So I was just like, yeah, these, we look, they're looking great. I'm curious to see what they do with sort of the backgrounds of the Spartans, because that seems to be something they're leaning into. Like you have that one character, uh, the human character, who's just like a Spartan helping us. And I was like, "Uh." (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's what they do. But also my friend very aptly reminded me, like at the beginning, the Spartan project was part of partially put together to put down insurrections. And it was just convenient that the covenant came along and they're like, Oh, well, no, we're yep. using them for, for heroes or heroes. They're not, <laughs> you know, putting down rebels. Um, so it's, it's kind of, I was like, okay, yeah, that's like, that's a fair point to remind me of. Um, though I, I'm kind of curious how they frame a lot of this. Cause I don't see the Spartans as like very existential beings of, of people who are like, well, we were created for this one thing. Like they're they're not going to get deep like that, and I kind of don't want to see them delve into that, which is what it seems like they're doing. And I'd rather have people around them speculate and have that drama, and it not be at the heart of them because I think that's just the the way they are written is very unique, and I like that kind of stoicism. And they all have different personalities, but the drama around their creation, I think is best left to people outside of them. And I think that's where it's more interesting and they're more, I guess, focused on their fight and how they become better and how they can work together and how they can preserve themselves. Um, Anyway, that's just my own take on like Spartan lore and such. And I think there's a lot that goes on, of course, in the books and stuff that I haven't quite read as much. And I think that they're trying to kind of bring to light here too, because you don't really get into the Spartan program as much in the games. Like they're, is stuff of that but it's not as heavy and it seems like that they're really trying to lean into that here um another interesting storyline it looks like is that there's this one woman who looks like she's very pro covenant this one this woman Her, if you're watching yeah, yeah with the, with the bl- black suit and then also like there's a tentacle that sort of looks like it's from the flood well, i'm like yeah. are we we throwing up some flood in here is she is she possessed? Is she part of the grave mind? Like, what's going on here? So I like that through line. Like, I'm really curious to see how someone is trying to essentially manipulate humans. Because before, I think the Coven are very just 
you know, as the covenant, we're just very anti-human, like through and through Like there's no partnership there. Um, so I'm curious to see how all of that plays out as well and seeing like what little bits of the story and more that we know that they're changing to tell their own, you know, silver screen story. Yeah, it does seem like uh, this is being set ver- like at the beginning of the war, like when we're, we're going to see the covenant just show up. Uh, we, we saw there's there's definitely going to be a flashback action to when the kids, the, the kids were abducted and then uh, put through Spartan uh, augmentation. So it, it does seem like we're early in the, the Halo timeline and it'll be it'd be eager to see what changes that they what liberties they take with it. For the purposes of a show. Now, the one thing that I this I didn't really realize it till the second time I watched the trailer, but the forget about the look of Cortana. If you don't know the game already, if you are just coming to this as oh, I'm watching a football game and here's a big new TV show on Paramount Plus, and you watch this trailer, you have no idea who Cortana is or even that she's an AI from this from this commercial. It, it, but but she's referenced throughout. Like, you know, at the end, uh, Pablo Schreiber, who plays Master Chief, and we can talk about his voice, the, the chief voice in a second. Uh, he's just like, Cortana, I'm going to need you now. And like, if you're just watching this, you're like, why? <laughs> what, what's her deal? She is just yeah. like, she's just a, a person with a slightly strange you know, a uh, sort of sci-fi appearance. What's what's her deal? So um, I got a kick out of that. Just kind of the, the lack of context that a lot of people will have when they watch this. But uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of re- reaction, negative reaction to the lack of Steve Downs. And I certainly share the disappointment. I mean, it's in a helmet. He's There's no moving, moving of lips. They could... They absolutely could have cast Steve to do any dialogue with the helmet on. No. And then when it's off, you know, it could just be Pablo Schreiber. But um, I'm, I've, I've accepted, like I <laughs> actually had previously just come to terms with it. I don't have a problem with, with the chief voice here. Like it's, you know, it's a gruff dude. So, uh, w- you know, we, we've only heard just a couple of lines from this trailer, but um, I don't know if anybody else is is particularly bothered or not on the panel by the, <laughs> the chief voice situation. Stella's laughing. I'm fine with it. I feel like, yes, of course, it is missing that gravel, right? But I think it's fine. I, again, we don't know where exactly. Like, it seems like this is kind of... Um, it's the introduction of Cortana. So I'm just like, you know, maybe, maybe this is before he started to see a lot more of, uh, what was bad in the universe. So whatever, maybe that's like, this is his origin story. Okay. Whatever. I'm fine with the voice. Just listen, just give me a good story. Like up the budgeting, just fix the lighting. I'm good. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, Miranda, any thoughts on, uh, Mr. Schreiber here? It's so jarring at first. I was like, wait. Oh, that's supposed to be chief. <laughs> oh, and that's just kind of my reaction. But then here comes oh, no. just like, oh, okay. And, and that's just the way these things go, right? Like you're not going to have the same voice actors usually for this this sort of production. It's it's just so separate. Although it would have been cool because, like you said, he's wearing a helmet. Why not? He <laughs> well, and, and it. I, I Jen Taylor was was cast later. Remember, she came in. Yes, she was yes. not the part of the original cast. She was added. So, uh, Destin, uh, I have a theory. I think the helmet's coming off. 
probably really at some point no well they cast this great actor to play chief they don't use down's voice because that would be weird if he takes off the helmet and he has a totally different voice (laughs) yeah so i think they're establishing Hmm. this is master chief this is the voice actor and that helmet's coming off and they're going to dive into the story of john and uh what he went through during the augmentation process and don't forget there's the whole storyline like a lot happened before they were augmented Mm -hmm. and they put on that armor so I think they're going to allow that actor to shine just like they let the Mandalorian shine. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a, a, like a whole flashback, an entire episode. It's going to be like episode three or four, probably (laughs) where it goes back and it's, and it's them going through Spartan training. Remember our first mission. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that's coming. But I guess the, the one other thought about Steve Downs and the voice that occurs to me is like, I, I was, um, when I was writing that little sort of ode to Bungie that I put up on IGN yesterday after the, after Sony acquired Bungie, I was watching, I wanted, I was going to find a specific scene and it was the end of Halo one. And when I went back and, and looked at that, cause it's, it's chief going, uh, I think we're just getting started. And, <laughs> and you listen to it and like Steve Downs as, as we all like, that was 20 years ago. Steve Downs is is not a a young man at this point in time. So and I I say that with with full respect. He's got I mean, his voice has got that even deeper uh, sort of authoritative pitch to it now. But that's kind of my point is to your point, Destin, of this being earlier in the Halo timeline of of, you know, when the Covenant first show up, 2552 ish that. Maybe they just kind of thought, maybe they, I'm sure they considered Steve and like, well, do we have him? Do we see if he wants to be a part of this and do the voice with when the suit's on? But they might have thought, well, you know what? This is supposed to be a like 20s or 30s aged Master Chief. And Steve Downs is, let's see here, Steve <laughs> Downs. I want to <laughs> say he's like late 60s at this point, C-71. So wow. uh, they, they might have just thought, what? well, you know what, that might just not quite be a good match for what we're, what we're trying to do. Whereas in the games, it's fine. Chiefs, he, Steve ages, but we're moving further along in the, <laughs> in the timeline with, with Master Chief too. Chief's getting older, so it still works with the games. But uh, I'm excited about the show. I mean, it may, you know, maybe Stella's worst fears will come to fruition and this is going to be like a bad sci-fi channel show with a terrible story and it'll just be like laughably terrible like um which one is it destin the the which the, the lock, other halo the one that the focuses Nightfall? on lock yeah that was the that was the terrible one yeah. i believe well like, there was the one that was okay there was the one that was was fine yeah yeah was fine yeah nightfall yeah nightfall is like nightfall is the is like the worst case scenario for this for this tv show (laughs) hopefully it's going to be better than that and maybe it will be excellent i mean they sure as heck have taken a long time with it and there's clearly there is a a good bit of money put into this so we shall see there's so many great stories Mm. that they could do i'm sorry ryan no no please yes so march 24th uh and we will obviously be talking more about that tv show here on unlocked as time goes on all right so let's see here we are starting to run a little bit out of time let me quickly go over i'll just mention game pass for february so this week contrast dreamscaper and telling lies those are all on the third which is thursday 
Next week, Besiege, an Xbox game preview. Crossfire X, which Destin and I have talked about uh, before. I will leave it at that. Uh, Edge of Eternity on the 10th as well, along with Skull the Hero Slayer, which is supposed to be pretty good, along with The Last Kids on Earth and The Staff of Doom, which might win the award for longest title of the month on Game Pass. (laughs) Uh, The week of the 14th, Ark Ultimate Survivor Edition and Infernex, which I am not familiar with. And then Games with Gold for February have been announced as well. Uh, All month long, Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse, from the middle of the month to the middle of March is Aerial Knights Never Yield, another game I'm not familiar with. Hydrophobia, I am. That's in the first half of the month, and Band of Bugs in the second half of the month. Uh, all right. With that, Miranda, I'm sorry. We're gonna. I think we're going to have to hold off on, on the nail polish for one Dang more it. show. <laughs> the clock they, is, the clock they were is delivered. Still. During the show. Oh, okay, good. So oh, really? let, maybe we'll get to see it next on next week's I'll, show then. I'll use all of them. Okay. I have six six Halo OPI nail polish coming in. Let's see it here. Just look Excellent. out. So for that's it, that's a teaser for next week's show. We will get to that. Uh and and like I said, I'm sure we'll be talking about whatever the next acquisition is on next week's show. Uh unlock block trivia time. Hey, look. Uh, I totally forgot to put anything in there. Let me see if I can grab a question real fast. Ah! Can I tell? To, uh, can I can I rant about nail polish while we're waiting? Please do. Is this the yes. time? Okay. So if you guys are unaware, I'm so excited about this because I am someone who very much loves nail polish. Uh, I used to like do like nail polish art in college and stuff. And I remember one time I was going to a gaming event and I was really excited because I did my nails really nice. And so Microsoft has teamed up with the nail polish brand OPI to do a special collection of Xbox themed nail polish. Thank you for that image. Um, And they also have like a special Xbox controller, but you can't buy it. You had to win it. And I did not win it. Uh, Anyway, uh, one of the reasons that this is just so exciting to me is that it's one of those moments you feel very seen. I, I know folks do and don't love gaming partnerships with other things to get codes for things. But for me, I actually think it's sort of a weird, fun celebration sometimes. So like, for instance, whenever Call of Duty rolls in, I always get my Doritos and my Mountain Dew once a year, every year. That's it. Um, And so growing up, like OPI was just such a kind of prestige nail polish brand. And I remember when they did a Katy Perry collaboration for Teenage Dream, and I was like, I had to have it. And so seeing this happen of like a full collection of Xbox themed things with codes. So I'm going to have a beautiful glittery purple Spartan soon. Uh, because of this collaboration, you can also do some force of things, but that's that's not as exciting as, as the Halo one. Um, it, it just really means a lot to me to see that. And it just feels like, hey, uh, folks who want to wear nail polish and look like real cool, you're gaming, here you go. And, and that's just something that's so exciting. So I was. I'm loving that. So if you're watching on video, it. you're seeing our super producer, Kate, has put up an image here uh, showing off some of these, these, uh, these polishes. I'm loving that halo one there on the the blue on that bottom left there with the just like the the halo ring and the the O in halo. That is cool. Mm-hmm. That's like it's like sort of understated. It's not like blatantly obvious like you know the Xbox logo on the, the top <laughs> image there. That's a little, you know, that's very blunt, <laughs> which you know, you might be into, but yeah, I, I like the sort of subtlety of that of that halo one there that's going on. All right, yeah. so Miranda, thank you. We will look forward to seeing that. That's a good subscribe to us on YouTube because we have as much fun on video as we do on audio. 
youtube.com slash IGN games and Miranda will show those off for us on next week's show. And I do have a trivia question. It's from Lewis in Kent, England. Thank you so much, Lewis, for sending this in. This is a good one. I, I did look at this and I was like, wow, I actually, he stumped me, even though I should have known this. So oh. we'll see if you guys can come up with it. So which of these four games was not worked on by a now-acquired Xbox studio. Oh, God. <laughs> so, right. This is a okay. good, this is good. So, and I'll, I'll walk you through all of it at the end, but so one of these was not worked on by a studio that Xbox now owns. Which one? Spider-Man Web of Shadows, X-Men Destiny, Disney Infinity 3.0, or Transformers Fall of Cybertron. I will go to Stella first this week. And a reminder, no! <laughs> all of you are tied with one point here as we go into the second month of the year. So it's anybody's game. Okay, can you repeat them? Because I don't see it yes. in the doc. So okay, pick okay. the one. This We're looking for the game that was, that, that was worked on by a studio that hasn't been acquired by Microsoft. Okay. Spider-Man Web of Shadows, X-Men Destiny, Disney Infinity 3.0, and Transformers Fall of Cybertron. The first one? Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Stella's going Spider-Man. Uh, Miranda, I'll go to you next. I'm going to do X-Men. Okay. Going X-Men. Destin, how about you? Beanox made Web of Shadows. War of Cybertron was done by High Moon Studios. Um, I don't know who made X-Men Destiny off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember the box art. Uh I don't think they would have acquired Disney Infinity, so I'll say a C. studio that worked on is just just remember to keep that in mind. And okay, the fine well, I know. Print. <laughs> I, yeah, Microsoft acquired them. I can't remember if Sony or Microsoft acquired Beanox. Well, we um, I'll I'll stick with C, Ryan, because it's Go either X Men okay. or Disney. Yeah. All right, Disney. See. I, I had it narrowed down. So you, you were right on, Destin. So you got uh, A and D are Activision Studios. So yeah. those are those are covered. Okay. Um, Disney Infinity 3.0 was, uh, was worked on by a few different studios. Sumo Digital did the racing portion. Uh, Avalanche, who is owned by... Uh, who are they owned by? They're now? independent still. Uh, they're still independent. Okay. I, independent. Thought they were, yeah. I thought they were owned by um, Square. But in any case... Oh, they so, might be, but they're doing contraband. But uh, okay. who else? Who else worked on Disney Infinity, which I had forgotten? Ninja Theory ah. uh, contributed to Disney Infinity. So uh, the answer is B. X Men Destiny. Miranda, hey. John Miranda. I knew who it. worked on who worked that on was, that one? That was Silicon Knights, who did make no an Xbox way. exclusive game in the form of Two Human. The mm-hmm. the uh, never became a trilogy. Trilogy. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't exclusive, but they were never acquired by Microsoft. So uh, I, that was, that's a that's a deep question, deep cut from Lewis, but a nice good one. Job. And Miranda, you have emerged victorious this week. So bravo. I had Silicon a, Knights. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say I had a big hunch it wasn't Disney Infinity because I remember a lot of studios working on that. I was like, mm, it's not going to be that one. That one's the <laughs> one you think it would be, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! That was a. Uh, Disney Infinity was a big thing for a for mm-hmm. a short while there, but it was uh, it was good. It was a good game. remake, Legacy of Kane, Silicon Knights. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Silicon Knights is dead, but uh, they yeah. won't be remaking anything, unfortunately. Aww. 
Thank you to Lewis and Kent England. And hey, we need more good Xbox trivia questions like that one. So can't be too obscure where nobody would possibly know it, but also not too obvious. Just find it, find that nice middle ground. Send your Xbox trivia question to unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question, four multiple choice answers. Note the correct answer in, in your email and include your name. And if you want, your gamer tag as well. And we'll play again next week. Uh, let's see. Let's just mention what we're up to. I told you I wrote that little op-ed about Bungie yesterday. So if you're curious, you can check that out on IGN and you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Stella, how about you? Uh, you can follow me everywhere on at Parallax Stella. I also stream after work almost every day. Um, and next week, I believe I'll be putting out some new Apex news because the season 12 is coming up. So yeah. Uh, look for that on IGN. Awesome. Destin? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary. Uh, you can order cookies at LegaryBakery.com <laughs> if you want some cookies. You can watch uh, YouTube at the Destin channel. And of course, keep it locked right here on IGN. I've got my vegan Legary Bakery cookies. <laughs> Since I cannot eat dairy, they are arriving tomorrow. They're somewhere between you and me right now. We're in stock. Wait. We're in stock in a local store, and the vegan are the most popular. Wow, Love it. And, awesome. and I know yeah. uh, you had mentioned this off-air last week. You wanted to clarify, due to business things, they're only available in California right now. Is that correct? Right now, I have to call, like, the FDA or something to ship, <laughs> to ship in the U.S. That's what the, the health inspector said or whatever. So, mm. yeah. So the, so the, right now, we want our California listeners to go to LeGaryBakery.com. Is that yeah, the... For now. Okay. And we'll, for yeah. now. Miranda, take us home. Yeah, you can find me at HabitGross. Let's have a good decay. Pretty much anywhere on the internet. Not really. Just on Twitch, YouTube, and not YouTube, actually. I, I'm just lying a bunch in this little send-off. I'm sending you off with a bunch of lies. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitch, at least. And I'll be playing Dust Or. That's, that's not a lie. I'm actually going to do that today. And, and uh, use our guides. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Death's Door, one of the best games of the year last year. It's good it's stuff. It's great. Thank you to Super Producer Kate, along with Destin, Miranda, and Stella. I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 529, and we'll see you all again next week. Mm -hmm.